Hello, friends. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. What, whatever and whenever you're listening to this podcast, welcome to the show. This is the JRPG Report, episode 127. My name is James Fisher, your humble host for today's podcast, and I guess every podcast, but uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> we've got a fun show for you guys today. Lots of gaming news to get into, and um, I'll go ahead and say it right up front. I had asked on uh, Facebook and Twitter if there's any topics you guys wanted to talk about, because I actually thought it was a light news week, and then started pulling all my stories together, and it's not a light news. It's pretty average so what i would love to do if you guys don't care and and honestly not like i have a choice you're just listening but uh i'm going to hold those questions and keep that thread kind of open and how about that's our sunday special i really didn't have anything concrete planned uh for this sunday so let's go ahead and we'll make it kind of like a mailbag uh sunday special how about that and i'll i'll go ahead and post that and say hey if anybody's got some other questions we can kind of dive into that looking ahead i did as i was going through my game collection i stumbled upon um something i don't even actually i think i got this when i pre-ordered the game way back in the day for a uh, and 5 i got a art a little mini booklet and I was like oh how cool let me just look through that and I didn't even realize this but it also came with at least a a good chunk of the soundtrack to it so I thought that would make an excellent Sunday special let's put that on um, that'll be August the 23rd and then some long-term foreshadowing long-time listener our friend Hans uh, across the pond and and then some <laughs> over in uh, Europe is going to be joining me for a, a kind of a different conversation. I want to kind of explore a couple different threads in terms of how gaming maybe differs over there as it in, in comparison to here in the States and some of the other things uh, we can get into along those lines and talking about great GRPGs. I'm sure Earthbound will come up in Chrono Trigger at some point in time but enough rambling let's get into the news and this one came out the day after we recorded last week i guess i'm not too surprised by it but uh, there is information to be gleamed from it and that is atelier raza will launch on december the 3rd on playstation 4 and switch in japan of course that's the sequel um, called Lost Legends and the Secret Fairy is the subtitle. They also noted that the PC version was going to be coming out in January of 2021. Publisher Koei Tecmo and developer Gust announced. Now, we had heard a while ago this was going to be a worldwide simultaneous release, and I think what's going to happen is it's going to be a little delayed um, that we're going to get it in Japan first at this date on December the 3rd and then shortly thereafter it will launch for the rest of the world. I think that was their goal was to have that happen but it doesn't seem like it's going to be uh, possible. Now you say that that PC date is probably 
more than likely <laughs> when we're going to get it worldwide, which really is not that long to wait just into just into the new year. As they had stated, the Western release was going to be in the winter. That would certainly fall into that winter time frame. So that's kind of what we're looking at here um, in the States. They did say it was going to be 8,580 yen. So if you want to do some conversions for that, you can do that. They did get some information on some of the characters. Um, two of them we knew about. One we had not. So the first one is uh, Tayo or Tayo. Not sure. He was one of the original ones in the adventure. He is Ryza's childhood friend. He is studying abroad with Boz in the royal capital. Studying hard each day to become a scholar. He's grown quite tall over the past three years and no longer has the appearance of a bullied child. While he still enjoys reading in solitude, there are so many things to see and get excited about in the royal capital. He spends a lot more time outdoors than when he was living on the island. The new character is going to be Siri Gloss, S-E-R-R-I. Now She is a woman of the same orange species as Ryza's former companion, Lila. Uh, she is on the journey collecting various plant seeds for a specific purpose and offers to accompany Raza and company to explore the ancient ruins. She has a calm personality and is a fair and upright with everyone she meets, but is somewhat distant with Raza for some reason. Very similar look uh, to her than uh, Lala had in the previous game. And the last uh, person they talked about is Boss, and he is uh if you remember him from the first one he was i don't believe he was ever actually playable maybe for like uh, a, a nanosecond you could do that but um he was kind of at some point he was you know the childhood friend and then kind of turned into like a rival of sorts um but turned out to be a turned out to be a decent kid so Raza and Tao's childhood friend he's no longer has any ill feelings toward Raza and company and spends a lot of time with them especially Tao, who he has been studying with in the royal capital. He is studying extra hard to become a suitable heir to the Brennan family name. He is still as foul-mouthed as ever, they say. There were some new screenshots that came along with that. Um, I put those into a slideshow for you guys to check out on the YouTube channel, if you are so inclined to look at that. Definitely looking forward to this game. And uh, cannot wait to hear some more about it as we get a little bit closer. Uh, we're looking about five months from now when we'll finally get our hands on this one. So the Grand Blue Fantasy Summer 2020 special live stream has come and gone. And I guess we learned a snippet of information about Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. And that is <laughs> that we will have to wait a bit longer to hear anything about it. There was a single image slide that was thrown out there, and uh, it's in Japanese, of course. And it basically says that, um, yeah, you're going to wait until Grand Blue Fantasy Festival 2020 <laughs> to learn anything about that. That will run December the 11th to the 13th in japan at that point we shall uh the the speculation is that we will actually learn the release date at that point because the slide has a place for the release date on it it's just not been filled in yet so while it kind of stinks that we have to wait to learn anything that 
is at least encouraging, uh, according to director Tetsuya Fukuhara. He said, quote, development is going well, unquote. (laughs) I'm sure there was more said than that, but that is just the news article that I have, and that is all that is stated. So, I mean, it's not bad news, but it's not good news. I am still, the more and more I think about it, I'm thinking that since it is at this point, it's going to, at the very least, be a PlayStation 4 slash PlayStation 5 game. I can't really envision a world that this one is purely a PlayStation 4, but um, as we'll hear about in just a moment, another game that there's going to be PlayStation 5 support for it. Uh, we'll we'll kind of get into that a little bit more as these systems come out and we kind of learn how all that works. Um, it's going to be a little different this time, it sounds like. You know, backwards compatibility with Sony has been a touchy issue for a while. It does seem like it is fully supported this time. We know that's the case with Xbox. So it's kind of like maybe we're t- finally turning that page and there's going to be some some changes with this next generation. The aforementioned game I was mentioning uh, was uh, Legend of Heroes Hajimari no Kaseki. And so there was a blurb that says post-launch update for the game will support an operation on PlayStation 5. Um, after the update, users will be able to comfortably enjoy Legend of Heroes Hegemonic Koseki on both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. So I believe this is you know, one of these games that's coming out at the end. Uh, this one uh, comes out. Uh, and not too much longer in Japan. So they're clearly saying it is going to be supported on both platforms. And that is, of course, news. I don't know if there's going to be any major difference if you should load this game up in your PS5 as opposed to PS4. That all remains to be seen as well. Uh, there was a bunch of information about the game as well. So let's kind of get into that. There was a recent interview with Falcon President Toshihiro Kondo, who discussed the game's or the company's new engine currently in development and uh, a few other topics. I've got two different interviews, so let's kind of get into it and hopefully they don't um, uh, overlap too much. So, the first question, and it's a big question Are there any plans to remake The Legend of Heroes Chosen in the Sky, Zero Nokoseki, Eo Nokoseki, i.e., the Cross Bell Games? In the Hegemon Nokoseki engine. And so here is his response. Hegemon Nokoseki would be our last title that uses the Cold Steel game engine, which is the Sony-made Fiery engine. The next Trails game will use a completely new engine that has been internally developed at Falcom, and he says it is far superior visual performance than the previous one. There is a possibility we will remake previous titles in the future, and I would like to use the new engine if we do so. So there's been a long um, conversation going about remaking these games to current uh, platforms, but it's kind of sounding like this is it. Like if we're going to be remaking those games, it is going to be a remake and it's going to be on this new engine. So that's kind of exciting in a way. I hope they don't change too much, but as I'm playing through Trails in the Sky right now, I'm kind of having these uh, 
these dreams about what that could potentially be if redone in that fashion. And it's kind of exciting, uh, to be quite honest. So we'll just see if, what that what that happens. He he went on to explain after two years, about two years have passed since development of the new engine began after the release of Trails of Cold Steel 4. Two years ago, we didn't have any inf- information about PlayStation 5 from Sony, so that new engine was being developed based on PS4. We hope to release games developed on the new engine on PS5 and host to uh, release a post-launch update for Hajimari to support PS5. We just we just talked about that, dude. <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> um, so that is definitely exciting. We do know that that new title is not going to be Hajimari no Kaseki 2. It will be a completely new game. So it kind of sounds like new new game. Obviously, all these games kind of tie into each other, but it's not going to be a direct sequel. And so that's exciting with this new engine. How uh, how amazing and how cool that game could be. Next question. Are there any plans to release more spin-off titles like Yeez vs. Chill in the Sky or Natio no Kaseki? Uh, he says, we have received requests for spin-off titles like that from players from time to time now. We're currently in the process of moving over to a new engine. So that really hasn't given us the flexibility to make other titles. We can consider it after the next trails is complete and the new game is new engine is stable. If the staff is willing and the player demand is there, we can start working on something like that. Next question. Are there any plans to release the game on other platforms such as Switch or Steam? And this might bum out some people. It is only being developed for PlayStation 4. There are no plans at this moment to release it on other platforms. Hopefully, there will be an opportunity in the future. Um, I I can't see why it wouldn't come to Steam. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Maybe it's eventually. Of course, that development would be handled probably by NIS America. So maybe that's more of what he's saying is we're not going to do it. If somebody like that decides to do it, that's different. Uh, from what I can gather, at least so far, uh, sales have not been spectacular. For Trails of Cold Steel 3 on the Switch. So maybe that's kind of tying into that decision. But then again, that is NAS America as well. That is not Falcom. So it's maybe one of those kind of non-answers. Like, well, we wouldn't be doing it anyway. So I I don't care what they do. <laughs> as long as we get a cut, right? Um, last question in this part. And we'll jump over to the other one. In an interview earlier this year, you said you were preparing for PS5 game development and hope to release a screenshot for the new game engine within a year. Is there any more you can say? And he says, there's actually a scene in Hajimari Koseku that's made with the new engine, so I hope you can find it. Now, that sounds like a challenge, my friend. And if this system is as awesome as President Kondo says, then... um then we got something to look forward to for sure. So actually here's what we're going to do. I, I forgot this, this other interview. It is kind of um, snippets from the interview and there is actually spoilers. So tell you what, let's throw that to the back of the podcast and uh, give people an opportunity to tune off if they don't want to have anything spoiled. This guy of fans may have something to look forward to. Um, and as America recently sent out an email with a message from company president Nikikawa. At the end of the short note was an image 
with two disguise-like demons sitting on a gravestone and eating. What What's interesting about this one is it appears to be original characters. There's a young man with a heart on his chest and a hoodie. He has a horn at the center of his forehead and appears to have his legs stitched on. As for the girl, she has pink hair, two horns, and one of her arms is stitched on as well. And so what is interesting about this is it's it's a notable thing, right? Because NSMR, or in Nivon Ichi typically teases new Disgaea games with greeting cards. So that's kind of what this is. Before Disgaea 5 launched, a message was sent out showing Kelia with a 5 hidden in the background. Likewise, Disgaea 3 was teased in a holiday card. As for the message itself, here's what it said. The world is trying to change drastically, but our mission has not changed. We are currently working on multiple game projects in order to bring fun and happiness to as many people as possible. Please look forward to them. The one of the last times Disgaea 6 was mentioned was back in July of 2018 when he confirmed it would be developed and released. So, kind of hard not to think that this is perhaps the first image of the new game and once i get actual confirmation of that of course we'll pass it along to you guys uh, if you're heading over to our youtube channel jrpg report as many of you guys had it continues to grow pretty steadily and i'm very happy with that um, you can check out 15 minutes of kickstarter backer demo reel for sea of stars um all backers of this Kickstarter will be able to play it starting on August 20th. So this was kind of showing um, just a little snippet of what people have to look forward to. This demo is cut from the middle section of the game. And it has the two protagonists going to quest without the rest of the party to uh, throughout areas including an outdoor dungeon, town, and an indoor dungeons. As mentioned before, there will be spoiler tags used, quote, profusely, end quote, to preserve the experience of the game. Major gameplay systems such as leveling up, upgrading equipment, and harvesting food will all be in place. Uh, the game is planned for release on consoles and PC via Steam in 2022. Of course, this one has kind of that retro age look to it. Um, I did watch this video, and it's even more impressive and cool to watch in motion it's retro, and it has some really cool effects. I think it could use just a tiny touch-up in the graphical department, just make it a little bit better, but that's just my personal opinion. A lot of people love it just the way it is. Um, everything I've seen from this game looks really, really cool. Sabotage Studio is doing a great job on it, so if you want to check that out, you uh, you definitely should. It'll probably get you really excited about this upcoming game, although we do have to wait Quite a while, not until 2022. Sony had its latest state of play a few days ago and wasn't a whole lot to get excited about, especially for JRPG fans. Um, but kind of as a whole, the show was a little, eh, you know, whatever. However, it did show off a short video for Genshin Impact, and it was announced that it will launch for PlayStation 4 this fall worldwide. Publisher and developer MiHoYo announced as previously stated the game is due out for pc ios and android by october and for switch at a later date so that kind of falls in line with the same time frame 
Fall would be September, October, November. So hopefully, and I kind of imagined it all try to be close to the same time. We'll just have to wait and see. Here's a quote. Uh, we are absolutely thrilled to announce to all fans of PlayStation 4 during today's State of Play broadcast that Genshin Impact will be released this fall. Mihoyo, uh General President Forrest Liu said in a press conference, Thanks to the dedication from our team and support from our partners at Sony Interactive Entertainment, we can finally unveil what we've been working on for the past three and a half years. We can't wait to see what happens when players finally start their own journeys in the world we've created. Um, it wasn't a very long trailer. I think it was about a minute and a half. Um, and it was all kind of, you know, done up for the trailer. But as I've showed off in my previous gameplay videos, the game looks good. And hopefully they'll have a chance to get it um, fine-tuned before that release in uh, the fall for PlayStation 4. Um, we got a report from Square Enix that says that uh, worldwide shipments and digital sales for Final Fantasy VII Remake have surpassed 5 million units. That's just in the four months since it's released. Final Fantasy VII Remake has also become the highest-selling digital release on the PlayStation platform in Square Enix company history with over just over 2 million digital sales. Pretty cool announcement. When I originally had saw this back on August the 7th and shared it, I didn't even notice, but there wasn't even a trailer attached to it. And it's kind of like a, um, you know, here, here's the game. It's called 101. So it's kind of just giving you the basics of it. It is a pretty cool trailer. But, uh, yeah, definitely something like, uh, hey, if you've been missing this game up to this point, you definitely... We'll want to uh, stop and check it out. This seems like a pretty decent place. We'll take a brief time out here and be back with the second half of episode 127 here on the JRPG Report. Many thanks to Anchor, as always, for being the hosting platform for this podcast. They are an awesome, awesome company. We I can't thank them enough for, for what they do for this podcast. If you'd like to support what you're hearing today, you can do that via this uh, avenue. Just go all the way down. There's a place for listener support via Anchor, or you can check out our Patreon page if you'd like to do it that way. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, give us a like there. Uh, follow Actually, follow on Twitter. Give a like on Facebook. And don't forget to subscribe for our daily JRPG videos, including all the trailers we talk about here as well as video versions of the podcast and uh, pretty much anything else I can find uh, in video form. I make slideshows from the images when, when those pop up as well. So anything that's going on in the podcast, you can find it over there. Um, got some more news to talk about for Eodin Chronicle. 100 Heroes, the uh, Kickstarter continues. And I uh, want to give you kind of an update on that. There was three new stretch goals that have been added. Um, one is investigations, which were performed by a detective character. Another is a trading system. In addition, the game is coming closer to potentially having 108 recruitable characters as the 2.9 million stretch goal would add a 106th character. I had kind of commented on one of, um, one of my previous videos on YouTube that I didn't think the game would have 108. I honestly thought it would be 100 at even 100, having not known 
the stretch goals at that point in time. And I was like, I don't think, uh, I think Konami would give an evil glance over their way if they should have 108. But as some people point out, that's not something that they own. It was uh, in previous games and previous mythology. Um, and actually, it does sound like if they should meet these goals, we will have 108. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, the newest goal to have been reached, and this is as of um, August the 10th. It may even be a little bit higher than that. Uh, now, actually, let's go ahead and, while I'm chit-chatting away, we'll uh, we'll check on how that's going. Um, the Psychic Detective Agency's background check was the $2.8 million secret stretch goal. It passed that, and uh, so now you can learn more about the character's you have recruited that was always kind of a thing in the past games um starting with Sukunin 2 you could look into each character uh for three times and that would just give you some kind of background on it um there it goes everything's loading up let's see where they are at as of right now yep economy of scale has been hit that's the 2.85 uh, million dollar reach and let's see what that is um yeah this is uh economy of scale is the new stretch goal it is a trading which will be added to the game again it sounds like this will function similar to previous trading systems which appeared from sukin into onward um, you could find traders within certain towns and so you know if you had you know eggs were selling for 10 bucks in this town you could take it to another town and and make some profit off of it that uh that kind of way is the next stretch goal is going to be that 106th character and they have not made that just yet he is Rody the clock watcher okay he uh he likes to make watches <laughs> uh it didn't mention if he would be a playable character or just a fortress town resident that's at 2.9 million and they are very very close um very, very close to that. The next one is uh, 2.95 million, which would be Western linguistics. They're saying that's Brazilian and Portuguese. Uh, also at 2.95 million, it says, and they're off. And then it's blotted out. So I'm not quite sure um, what that will exactly entail. Uh, the next one, nine point or 2.9 Seven five million. It just says mo money, mo problems, and then it's blotted out. So it's be very interesting to see what they can reach there. Just short of three million dollars. This thing has been heavily funded and appears to be um, chugging right along. It should easily make its October twenty twenty two goal. Shimigami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remaster has had a couple bits of information come out about it. Uh, we mentioned last week about the Demonic Compendium trailers. Uh, there was three of them in total. The second two have come out. The second trailer had the following 15 species of demons. Holy, Gymna, Avatar, Avian, Element, Entity, Matama, Kenshin, Dragon God, War God, Fury, Lady, Herald, Megami, and Deity. And then the other, the last third one, just had seven in it. And it was Raptor, Fowl, Wilder, 
Haunt, Vile, Tyrant, and Fiend. So all three of those are out. You can check out all those species. I think that would be 32 of them total, something around that number. You can check those out. Head over to our YouTube page. I've got that trailer as well as this one just came out today. This is kind of talking about its Maniacs Pack DLC. This will come out right after the game does, or actually will launch alongside the game October 29th in Japan. You say, oh man, really hate DLC that comes out the day of. This is kind of the ones I think is, is okay because it's adding Dante from Devil May Cry as a paid uh, downloadable character. That That's the type of things like, okay, that probably shouldn't be in the game, but if you want to have it in there, you can pay a few bucks more. It's 980 yen, whatever that um, converts to. He was also a guest character in the 2004 released Shemagon Tensei 3 Nocturne Maniacs, which launched a year after the original game. Um, by purchasing the Maniacs pack, players will be able to select new game Maniacs from the title screen, which changes every scene in which Raido Kunzahawa would appear to Dante, as well as the title screen loop movie and logo changing to the Maniacs also. It, the remaster also adds a pierce effect to Dante's skill, Son's Oath. So you can check that out as a big Devil May Cry fan. It's always cool to see Dante pop up and stuff like that. He is an absolute perfect character for that world. Starting today, August the 12th, a new patch will be available for Sword Art Online Alcization Lycoris. Um, it will be patch version 1.04. This update will have various adjustments and fixes related to systems, user interface, connectivity, and graphics. However, the focus of the patch is mostly improved performance, various performance aspects to enhance the overall experience. The camera work has been adjusted to make overall easier to play. And the patch also improves loading time and frame rates. Developers have, have worked on having the PS4 and Xbox One versions run at a stable 30 frames per second. Furthermore, Ben Dynamco noted that the team will continue working on loading times, frame rates, autosave, camera adjustments, mouse and keyboard settings. More specifically, we can expect more work on shortening loading times, FPS improvements, and overall improved usability in patch version 1.05 and beyond. So, sounds like they had a few issues with this one when it came out, and uh, patches, patches, patches to try to <laughs> and uh, get this one going right along. Uh, Sega had an investors meeting, and uh, usually these are snooze fest, but uh, they had a Q&A session in which uh, they were asked, the uh, following question was posed to um, an investor asked Sega Sammy CEO Haruku Satomi and CFO Fukuza uh, regarding whether more games will be sold via PC Steam in the future following the success of Golden. The question, regarding Steam, Persona 4 Golden has been doing very well in sales. Will the company consider selling new titles in the future from the very start? And here's the answer. Persona 4 Golden is a remaster of a previous title released for the Vita. With its release on to Steam, the game was rated highly by game review sites. And in part due to its cheap price, the game surpassed our expectations in sales by a large margin. In the future, we would like to proactively pursue porting previous release titles 
onto Steam and other platforms. Furthermore, regarding new games in the future, we will negotiate with the platform holders and examine different methods of selling each title uh, in a case-by-case fashion under favorable conditions. As part of that, we hope to make actions such as releases PC versions from the very start with multiple platform releases in mind. That's, so that's uh, today in duh news. Why, <laughs> why in the world would they not? It just seems seems pretty silly, to be quite honest, why they would not want to do more things like that uh, going forward. Now, speaking of Sega and Persona, it uh, I think it just started today. Yeah, today, if you are playing Fantasy Star Online 2, you'll have a chance to get some Persona uh, costumes in it. Um, you can get the... You can now buy, as of today, August the 12th, you can buy the Persona Paradox AC Scratch tickets. And they will have various costumes in there. Uh, you can get from Persona 3, you can get Makoto Yuko's hair in school uniform, Yuriki Takaba's hair in uniform, and Mitsuru, who draws hair in uniform, Elizabeth Replica hair in outfit, and the Aegis Replica hair in uniforms, showing her battle attire and Persona 3 dancing outfit. So that's some pretty cool stuff. Um, you also can get from Persona 4, you can, there's a generic Jack Frost mascot suit <laughs> you could get. Um, I mean, they also got from, uh, from the main character, as well as Chie and Marie's clothes and shoulder bag, as well as the teddy bear suit. And not to be left out, you've got Persona 5 as well. You can get Joker's um, attire, as well as the Su- Sujin Academy uniform. There's also Ons Academy uniform, Haru's. Uh, uniform Fatuba's <laughs> outfit and Makoto's Academy uniform as well. I think Joker's the only... Yeah, Joker's the only one you can get the Phantom Thief attire for. Maybe it's kind of a little odd, but oh well. So yeah, you can you can get all that starting now. There was a video showing off every single thing that you can look to possibly acquire via this scratch-off ticket. If you head over to YouTube, you can... Check that out in the Persona Paradox video. Got two stories from Final Fantasy XIV and Realm Reborn, and this is uh, this started yesterday on August the twelfth. Um, you can, in addition to playing the Realm Reborn, you can also now play for free. New players are be able to play the Heaven Sword expansion, as long as those players in question have not purchased it. The free FF fourteen trial will allow them the experience both those things um free players will also be able to unlock heaven sword exclusive classes as well so even though if they'll be playing through the mmo and expansion trial they'll have access to jobs like dark knight machinist and astrologian additionally players will be able to reach level 60 with as many jobs as they have available the sky seems like it is the limit uh, for this one previously the trial only allowed you to go up to level 35 and have access to the content from A Realm Reborn. This time you can get the Heaven Sword as well. Um, They say additionally the fat has been trimmed away from certain segments, further streamlining the experience. Players who are addicted to crafting alts will certainly love this update, and new players won't have to drag their feet with an enormous amount 
of quests. Also coming out right now is patch version 5.3. This will be a conclusion to the Shadowbringer story and the second part of the Near Automata collaboration raid. Uh, here are some of the highlights from the patch. Their new main scenario quests have been added. The Chronicles of New Air, the Yorha Dark Apocalypse is in there. The Sorrow of World. World? How do you say that? W-E-R-L-Y-T. There are some Dwarf Tribe quests thrown in there. Um, the main scenario quests for A Realm Reborn have been revamped. Your mounts can now fly in Realm Reborn areas. Uh, they do say the players want to commit the main scenario quest, ultimate weapon, or to fly. Uh, there are new furnishings from the design contest. New emotes, the Hero's Gauntlet, that's a new dungeon, a new trial, new items, and uh, there's a full list that will be upcoming in the coming days, but that is kind of all the highlights from it. Sounds like there is plenty for both paying players and actually free trial players that want to get into it and check it out. They are able to do so. All right, so kind of talked it there at the beginning. The last thing I got to talk about is this other half of the interview, and it does um, it it says right from the beginning in large text there will be Legend of Heroes and Trails of Cold Steel series spoilers below. So we'll go ahead and say goodbye to anybody who doesn't want to listen to that. I can completely understand and respect that. I won't be talking about anything after that. So. We'll pause. Doo, 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 doo. And so, yeah, if you're still with us, let's get into some of these things. Um, this may be a spoiler for myself as well, because I've not played every bit of those ones, but that's what we're willing to do here on the JRPG Report. Here are the other highlights of the interview. According to Kondu, Trails in the Sky's third protagonist, Kevin Graham, will appear in Hegemari no Kiseki, but only in a rather subdued royal. However, due to his association with the Septian Church, he will be more important to the second half of Kaseki's series overall story. I just met Kevin um, the other night as I started the second chapter uh, from Trails in the Sky. Seems like a rather interesting fellow, to say the least. When asked if players will be able to remember all the characters appearing in this game, considering how there are now 50 playable characters... Kondo replied that due to the game being split into three chapters, it'll be easier to keep track of all the characters. Each route also has characters making surprise appearances, and the True Reverie Corridor will unlock side stories that add some depth to the character. Uh, Kondo's personal favorite story route is the one featuring the brand new character, C, especially as there is an air of mystery around his purpose. And since C's group is a ragtag filled with all sorts of interesting uh, people. With so many playable characters, character balance has also been made so that the characters who are known in-universe will be very strong and will be strong from the start in terms of stats and skills. That doesn't mean that other characters are weak, though. Each character can be strengthened using items, as Kondo knows each playable unit has their own fans. Players looking, for, looking to strengthen their favorite characters should look forward to obtaining these items from the True Reverie Corridor. While Hegemar Nikoseki will take place in regions previously known in the series, there are some new characters who haven't appeared up to now who will also be important 
in the future. <clears throat> Kondo acknowledges that Hajimaru Nikoseki has been associated by fans with Trails in the Sky the Third due to both games partially revolving around a closed space. However, Third Story was based on the exploration of the Hermit's Garden, whereas the main story in Hajimari is beyond the Reverie Corridor. One of the main things shown during this game is Crossbell's re-declaration of independence, which was only lightly touched upon in Ao Nokoseki. The true every corridor features many strong opponents that will require players to rethink their court setups. In one of the side episodes, Prince Oliver holds up an unofficial martial arts tournament, and Cassius and Estelle Bright will appear, will appear there to do battle. They're, yeah, there to do battle. Hmm. Akatakoso no Kazeki characters will not appear in the game, but Kondo reveals that there was a proposal to have them appear during the development process. Sadly, Kondo felt that there wasn't a golden opportunity to add them to the story. However, he knows that the protagonists are popular and therefore won't rule them out appearing in future games. The game will not allow you to skip back to previous chapters. So in case you want to re-experience the story, Kondo advises to keep separate saved data. So all that's all that's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> there's a, a few things in there that's kind of, uh, you know, still wish that there wasn't, hadn't heard, but it does sound like it's going to be a pretty cool game. And uh can't wait to wrap up Nolly Cold Steel here in the fall, but also Trails in the Sky and hopefully eventually Crossbell so that there won't be any spoilers <laughs> if you play them. Uh, play them all. So there was also some things about other titles. Let's say Kondo still wants to make a sequel to Tokyo Xanadu if there's a chance. And once upon a time, they want to raise the new IP as their flagship titles series. Considering the expansion of Falcom and growth of their new employees, Falcom will proactively pursue the creation of new IPs. Um, he does not have any plans to make a new Zoe game. I don't know exactly what that is. Sorry. Uh, so Kondo wants to celebrate Falcom's 40th anniversary. No matter if it's some sort of event or product, however, things are still in discussion due to the pandemic. Uh, many players have voiced that they want the Kaseki series to be poured onto Nintendo Switch, but with the company's limited resources, it's hard to port games to many platforms. Falcom will look into working with partners on the ports, i.e. NAS America. Yeah, that's... Um, it's all good stuff, and we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Of course, the Hajimari comes out on PlayStation 4 in Japan on October, or I'm sorry, on August the 27th. So that's just uh, 15 days away, and hopefully we'll start hearing a little bit more about this one and its eventual coming to the West at some point in time. That's going to do it for episode 127. Ah, see, I was I was definitely wrong. This was even longer than uh, last week's, and we didn't have to get into those questions. I can't wait to answer you guys' mailbag questions. If you've got something you'd like to submit, either um, go on Facebook or Twitter and pop me some sort of message on those threads, or just send me a, a, a message on Facebook. That's fine, too. Uh, we can even do email, you know, jrpgreport at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me several different ways, and I'd be happy to answer your question on 
this Sunday specials mailbag episode. Looking forward to that greatly. Until then, and until next week, we'll have another brand new episode. My name is James Fisher. Thank you so much for tuning in to the JRPG Report, your only weekly JRPG news podcast. Until next time, get back out there and level up.